What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, CEOs, people in and around the world that are they're in their thing, they're on their vibe, they're taking chances, they do not play for the status quo, they're probably looked at as crazy, they're probably misunderstood as all of us are, uh, and so too are our guests that come on every week and talk about what they're experiencing in real time. You know, as you guys know, I'm very passionate about not glorifying or glamorizing and success because everything we do is a journey and we're all faced with human experiences constantly having we're evolving throughout the process of everything we believe in and what we build and who we were yesterday and who we are today and who we are tomorrow we're probably like three different people uh, especially in the day and age that we live in and so the goal is always to connect with all of you the listeners and show like hey it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey you could probably relate to me our guests other people and uh, and see that, you know, we're all just connected and we're all going through similar things. And uh, this week will be absolutely no different. I'm Matt Gottesman. Uh, you guys probably follow me at HDF Magazine on Instagram. If you don't, please go check it out there. If you want to follow my other endeavors at Matt Gottesman on Instagram, at Hustle Sold Separately on Instagram. Uh, you guys know I answer each and every DM. I reply to every message. Uh, you guys are on it and you test me <laughs> and I appreciate you guys every week. And also please, if you have not already go, uh, give a rating and review for, um, for Apple podcasts, Apple does recommend based on, uh, reviews, like in terms of, you know, the growing this impact. So really, really appreciate all of you for doing that. And we're going to talk about a theme today that, um, we probably touched on in, uh, different angles and different ways at different times about not living in fear and not being scared to take risks. And every single person deals with fear. So let's just like, let's just get to the root of that right now. I don't care how macho you are listening to here and saying like, oh, I don't fear anything like something somewhere along the line at some point you've dealt with, or maybe you are currently dealing with it and the mind can mess with you. It is, it is an illusion. It is not real, but it is made real and manifested real when we let it. And so that's a very important distinction of, um, you know, it doesn't exist until we let it or we keep giving energy to it. And you cannot be scared to take risks because often at times that is actually connected to your, your spiritual path, to your, um, your intuition. Your intuition knows more than your analytical mind. And to let go and move in an intu intuitive state is very difficult for a lot of people because the body is pre-programmed, as you guys know, as I've said, is pre-programmed, uh, that's not me, that's Dr. Joe Dispenza, is pre-programmed um, from our habits and what we've already been through or our traumas or our karma or whatever it might be, and we have to rewire. And so I have the uh, perfect guest to be talking about this today, and her name is Chantel Dubois, and she's the founder and CEO of Dubois Fitness Studio. And um, I, oh, and she's also uh, a forthcoming uh, sweat belt line, uh, which we'll probably talk about as well too, but I found Chantel from Goldcast, um, as you know how Goldcast works, <laughs> and um, the moment I watched her video, I had chills, 
because I just felt her story, uh, probably because I've had my own surrendering in a different capacity um, years ago. But you, those that have gone through it, know. And you instantly connect with those people because you're like, I get it, especially when you start from nothing or in some cases, less than nothing. And you have to actually first build to nothing and then go beyond that. And um, so I knew we would get along right away. <laughs> and as soon as I saw her story, just to give you kind of an idea, you know, she's uh, definitely the type that does not allow, you know, challenges and obstacles uh, uh, to that are thrown at her to keep her down. She was involved in a seven car crash. Car was wrecked. She was rushed to the hospital and completed three years of rehab to regain full mobility. During that time, she became a chronic binge eater and it led to her weighing the heaviest at 245 pounds. So as a single mother, she decided to use her daughter as motivation to not allow herself to continue, you know, you know, spiraling out of control. She ended up losing 105 pounds in five months, naturally, keyword naturally, which is a very uh, big topic for me, especially the uh, friends uh, that I have in within that industry all doing the same thing naturally and lifestyle and intuitive eating and just good habits. And uh, so shortly after, though, she succeeded in the weight loss. Then she was fired from her nine-year place of employment and was also served an eviction notice for back rent owed for her apartment she, she was renting. So you guys can imagine what you're going through. You just complete one challenge of your life, uh, two challenges, I should say, and now you're faced with this and you're also a single parent. So um, the search for her new job fell uh, short as no one really called back. And then she turned to the only place available for her to survive. She decided to train people in the stairwell of her Jane and Finch apartment building, which is located in what's known as really one of the roughest, most gang violent cities in Toronto. And it caused many critics to laugh at it, but it did not stop her. I actually thought it was brilliant. If you guys want to know my opinion, like when I saw that part, I'm like, man, that like how people could laugh at it just shows you the short-sighted sometimes, but it's okay. Like that's just the way nature of people are. We, we have to love on them too. And, um, you know, but it, it, it caused her, it didn't, it didn't stop her really from, you know, this, this idea of waking up every morning, sweep him off the stairwells in preparation for clients that she would hope to bring in and that we're going to show up four months, no shows. She trained in the stairwells for a total of two years. So I really don't want to hear anybody's excuses. And then um, her goal-oriented mindset and hardworking ethic allowed her to open up um, a, her very own fully equipped fitness studio in Vaughn. And uh, she now has a waiting list of many people waiting to train with her and has launched her, um, has, uh, is, uh, has launched her own sweat belt line. She's an embodiment of determination and pure willpower, obviously, and coupled with a very beautiful, caring nature, um, which has kind of spawned her, her, her slogan, you know, because I care. And... Um, she's no longer known as the stairwell trainer, although I kind of like it. I meant to tell you that, Chantal. <laughs> like, I think that I think that's part of like you know. Oh yeah, you might know me. Um, and, but it is now referred to as a, you know a transformation queen, and and certainly because she put that time in. Um, and uh, her clients have gotten amazing results in as little as thirty days. Her journey has gone viral with five point seven million views, as she's in the process of completing her book. So, Chantal, thank you for being here. I appreciate having you on the show. Thanks for having me, and thank you for that beautiful introduction as well. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, you know, um, I always I always tell our guests because uh, they're like, it's interesting when they hear it from the uh, you know the other side of the mic or from somebody else, and and I say yeah because we're always as entrepreneurs and creators we're always go 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 go. So we really take time to think through the journey ourselves until somebody else <laughs> re replays it back, and you're like, man, 
Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you almost I got right? listening to you, right? You feel I'm it. Like, Whoa, <laughs> like man, who is this girl? Oh, wait, that's yeah. me. <laughs> you know? That's exactly how I felt. Um, like, so I, I told you uh, before we got on the show, the first question is always the same, and then we kind of riff from there. Um, walk us through the journey. You can go as far back as you want. You know, some people start at birth, and <laughs> some people start yeah. at college. It's, it's, it's up to you, but give us the context that will help moving forward as we start kind of talking about fear and taking risk and, and what stops people in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, my whole life, I lived in fear from the earliest age that I remember, which is four years old. Um, my mom physically abused us um, very severely. Uh, I often would go to school with bruises or, you know, dried up blood and that sort of thing. And the teacher would force me to go into the principal's office and then children's aid would come in. Then all my other siblings would show up. Um, and then we'd be interviewed. And this happened repeatedly throughout my childhood with my mom. Um, and she used to say things like, you're so black or how you're so black, how you're so ugly, you know, um, and any little thing I did, I would get, um, beatings for it. One thing with her though, is when she would beat me, she would tell me to call my dad. So I would call my dad while I'm crying my eyes out, just finished getting licks with a belt, a, a stick, a wire, whatever it was she could find. Um, and then my dad would always come over right away. So now at my early, now that I'm an adult, I realize it was kind of like her way of, getting his attention. Um, but because of my childhood, I lived in fear for pfft, as early as I remember. Um, this caused me to be very uh, insecure. Um, and I shied away from people. I, I think I carried the persona like I was fine or I was strong. Um, but that was all a lie, of course. Deep down, I was hurting and I wanted to be rescued, but never had anyone to rescue me. Um, this carried on for years. Um, I feel like I was robbed of a childhood. Um, I had to take care of my siblings. They will tell you, like my little sister will say, Chantel is mom. You know, like I made dinner. I was cooking from the age of four, um, like big meals, jerk chicken, oxtail, you know, rice and peas, um, like our West Indian culture dishes. I was making from four years old on a step stool, no parent home. Um, and this basically was my whole life, even up until um, I was 12 years old. Uh, my mom ended up kicking me out of the house um, for the stupidest reasons. And I went to live with my dad and that's when things started to get a little bit better. Um, but I was always trapped within my own insecurities and my thoughts of my childhood. Um, I really felt like I was never worthy of anything. Uh, I always felt like I didn't deserve love. Um, and, you know, there's many times I had contemplated suicide as a child. I mean, never bold enough to actually do it, but I, I remember Googling it. I remember researching it um, and like thinking about what I would need to do to, to properly execute it, but never did I actually, um, you know, make the efforts to even try and pursue that route. But it was something that always was on my mind. I just, I felt like I had no purpose in life. Um, Almost like I was an accident or, you know, I felt like my mom hated me and she hated the fact that she had me. Um, I felt like she loved my dad and I was the only one that looked like him. The other three looked like her. So I just felt like, you know, 
looking at me was looking at my father or something. To this day, I still don't really know, but that's the best uh, thing I can conclude. Um, so when she kicked me out of her house, I went to my dad's house. And um, then I graduated high school and I was on my way to go to university. When I applied to go to university, um, at that time, I had never owned a credit card or ever borrowed money from any financial institution in my whole entire life. I still never have. Um, and I went to apply for OSAP and they declined me. And I was like, how is it that they declined me when I've never, I don't even know what credit is. I've never had a credit card. I've never borrowed money. Um, they told me that I was in over $500,000 worth of debt. Um, I was like, okay, wrong person. <laughs> Uh, so I got an agent and we did some digging and I found out that my mom had put multiple streams of businesses in my name. Um, her car was in my name, um, just a bunch of stuff. Um, there was a moment uh, just before I entered university where my cousin had died. He was murdered. And that was around the first time that my mom and I had communicated again after since leaving her house at 12. Um and I remember signing papers. She was in the hospital. To this day, I'm not sure the real reason why she was in there. And she said to me that uh, should something happen to her, she wants me to sign papers. Um, it's her will that I will take care of my siblings and I'll take over her proper property. And at the time, I was only 19 years old. Um, I don't know what that means to take over property. I just I just figure my mom has a house. Uh, I'm going to take over it. It's paid off. Like, you know, um, anyway, signed papers, didn't read it. There was a lawyer present. He made me feel like what she was saying is right. And so you, after digging, um, we realized those papers I signed, I was basically signing off basically my rights to her for her to be able to take out multiple loans from many institutions to support her business um take out a first and second mortgage on her houses and you know she had a car and everything so um I wasn't able to get any financial help going into university so I had to work three jobs um one to pay off her debt and two to pay off university and fortunately, that hard work, um, I was able to graduate in exactly four years and paying off every year as I went. Um, I think that was the hardest time of my life. Um, I didn't want to feel like a failure because my whole life I felt like a failure. And um, I remember when I was going to university, my mom told me that I wasn't smart enough to do it. Um, so that motivated me to feel like, no, I have to do this and prove her wrong for the first time in my life. Um, so I got through that and um, I got through that and graduated university. I had my daughter, I got pregnant in my third year going into my fourth and I had my daughter um, premature and I was able to walk across the stage with her. Um, and life just started for the first time at that moment, started to get a little bit better. Um, my daughter brought this type of um, love in my life that I didn't feel I ever experienced. Um, I felt like I mattered for the first time in my life. Um, and I just felt like, you know, maybe this is what life's about. Um, I was 22 years old at the time. Um, so I had my daughter and then quickly became a single mother. Um, my boyfriend at the time, her father had cheated on me and I left him. Um, and even him cheating, you know, 
once again, just brought me back to that place of um, I'm not worthy of love or like something's wrong with me or I'm not pretty enough. I just I've never felt enough to anybody. Um, so uh, I was working at a good place and I was making a decent income. Life was getting good. My daughter was a blessing. Um, one day I was leaving work and I was on my way to her, my child's father's house to pick her up. And literally one minute away from his house, I was in a seven car accident. Um, I was hit from behind and I went into the person in front of me. It was a pile up on a regular road. Um, and I was rushed to the ambulance and I did three years of rehab. Um, once again, boom, I felt like that four-year-old kid, that childhood kid at that time, um, worthy of nothing. I was bedridden. I couldn't move. Nobody visited me. Uh, nobody asked me if I was okay. Um, had to do everything for myself as a single mother with my daughter while in pain. Um, it was just another difficult time and as prescribed three different um, anti-inflammatories and painkillers, all of which I'd had to have three times a day and I had to eat food with it. So me eating food with it caused me to become the chronic binger that I still am, but I've, I'm in control of it now. So I would wake up take my meds and, you know, have food. And eventually I started depending on food. I noticed when I ate food, I didn't think about the pain that I was in. I didn't think about my problems. Um, and food almost became like my best friend. I know it's weird, but other binge eaters get it. Um, so I would order like two boxes of pizza, consume it all in the night. I would make sure every single day I went to whatever grocery store and got my favorite candies, um, make sure there was always like a lot of carbs in my house, you know, bread, cookies, that sort of thing. I'd consume it all in the night. If my daughter had snacks for school, she would wake up in the morning and there would be no snacks. I'd have to run to the gas station and buy her like lunch meat. I'd eat all her lunch meat. And it just, it was a really terrible cycle. Um, and during the time of my accident, I realized I started reminiscing on my past um, and that's when I really started to open up about how much it, it still is affecting me. And, uh, so I felt like I was eating to numb that pain as well. Um, I had an epiphany looking at my daughter one day and seeing her just looking at me as I indulge in food and looking at me like this is okay. And I said, enough is enough. Um, I started working out. And I started learning about nutrition, how to make meal plans. What is it? What happens when you eat food? Like, where does it go? Um, what does your body do? How does it break it down? How do you get fat? Like, what causes fat? What does it look like? So I just got intrigued with learning that type of stuff. And that's how I started to learn about what foods are good for you. And um, I lost 105 pounds in five months, um, working out five days a week, sometimes twice a day. Um, just doing cardio weight training type stuff. Um, so I opened up an Instagram page and I was like, you know, I, I never want someone to feel like they're alone because my whole life, even up until this point, I've always felt alone. And I wondered if there was anybody out there who just needed to see a post or just needed to hear a story similar to theirs to give them encouragement to, you know, not take their life or just not um, dabble in the wrong things like I was being a binge eater. So I opened an Instagram page to reach out to accident victims. And um, 
I put my before and after of my transformation, losing 105 pounds. And I got a lot of DMs of people asking me, how did you do that? How did you lose weight? Oh my God, you look so good. And I ignored all of them. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. This page is to motivate people who have been in an accident. I, I don't want to talk about the weight loss, whatever. Um, but not too much people really reached out to me who had been in that similar situation. So I kind of just left the page as is. My posts weren't became less and less. And I just tried to focus on, um, you know, continuing to rebuild myself. So I was still working at this place. I resumed back working. Uh, new management came in. And consequently, I was fired for to this day, I don't really understand the reason. It was just anything they could think of to um, dismiss me. And at that time, I had already fallen behind in my rent. I was four months behind. Um, so when they fired me, I got an eviction notice after I was already getting lots of notices that I was behind. And then when they fired me, that's when I also got my final notice that I would be evicted. Um, the sheriff came with a note, left it on my door. I had to go to eviction court. Um, I brought my daughter with me and um, I just pled my case and they allowed me some time to slowly catch back up on my rent if I make a certain amount of payments per month to show that like I'm doing it. Um, so I remember one day I was going to the grocery store um, and the elevators weren't working in my building. My building is at Jane and Finch. Jane and Finch is known... If you tell someone you live at Jane and Finch, they're not going to come visit you, <laughs> basically. Um, lots of gang violence. Uh, just has a reputation of being in the ghetto, the hood, um, minority communities. And uh, I, so I lived there, and I parked my car, and I live on the 23rd floor. So I went to the elevators, and there was a note that said the elevators would be down for six to eight months because they weren't working um, and they're planning on getting new elevators. So I was very upset <laughs> because I had to walk all the way up to the 23rd floor with my daughter and groceries. So I went on my route to walk upstairs. So I came through the basement doors, making my way to the first floor in the stairwell. And there's an exit door area between the basement and going up to the first floor. And there's a little space there. The space is as big as a parking lot space when you park your car. It is about that big. So I remember passing that area and making my way to the first floor and I just stopped. Hmm. And I was like speechless. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I had just thought. So I turned around. And I literally just stood there looking at the stairwells. My mom, um, my daughter is pulling my arm like, mom, <laughs> hello, let's go. And I was like, hold on, babe. And I just stared at the stairwells. I was emotional. Um, I thought so many things. I started thinking about that four-year-old little girl. Um, I thought I'd be laughed at people like pride, ego, uh, how can I train people in the stairwells at Jane and Finch? I then walked back down in that space um, and I looked at the area of cleanliness. You know, there was a dead mice on B2 that you can see from where I was standing in the corner. There was a condom wrapper. There was a few um, beer cans. And, you know, it was completely dirty. You could tell someone had urinated in one of the corners. Um, and then I walked back upstairs. 
And the whole time I was just thinking to myself, like, I wonder all those people who DM me ask me, how did I lose the weight? Maybe I can train them here and they give me whatever they can afford and I can make a little bit of money to like at least make my minimum payments for rent. The next day I woke up and I went to the stairwell and I just sat there and watched to see the traffic flow. So because the stairwells were, um, the elevators were broken, the traffic flow was high. People were walking in and out of that area. I also went in the nighttime to see like what who's chilling there because I saw beer cans and all that stuff. And I saw the guys and, you know, basically one of them I, I recognized and he basically told me it, it's called Smoker's Corner and the Mandem. You know, they just go there and they chill. And, you you know, you always find that little area where you can get together, hang out. Um, and sometimes, like, they would smoke. They would smoke weed. They would drink alcohol, whatever it is. So the very next day, I went to the store in the morning. I woke up and I got a broom and a mop and I cleaned the stairwells. Mm-hmm. Then I waited to see what would happen. And once again, there was a lot of traffic flow in the night, the same guys came, um, and but they noticed it was clean, and I had told them, yeah, I cleaned it. I, I'm going to start training some people here, and you know, I don't want them to walk out on me. And they were actually very supportive of my idea. Um, so then I'm like, all right. So the very next day following that, I went into the library, and I made flyers, and it said, um, come train with me learn how to lose a minimum of 30 pounds in 30 days. Cause that's what I had done. Um, and I handed it out everywhere. I think I printed maybe 60 copies, uh, all in the library and I handed them out everywhere. I then made sure every day I had a mop and broom and I cleaned it at 6 AM. Uh, I said that my first class would be available at 6 30 AM for the early risers. Um, for four months, I sat there and I made sure I was up at 6 a.m. on those stairwells all the way until 8.30, p.m. in the night and nobody showed up. Not one single person. Uh, I felt like a failure. I felt like, what am I going to do? Uh, my rent needs to get paid. Um, I, I started doing a little bit of network marketing that somebody had introduced me to and I was making a little bit of money. Um, but nowhere near enough to catch back on my feet. And I I just felt like, do I belong in this world? Like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? How come nothing ever works out for me? Um, Is my mom right? Like, you know, I'm not deserving. You know, I I just questioned my whole existence at that point. Um, But finally, through persistence, somebody showed up. Uh, and when that person showed up, I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, hi, how are you? Welcome to <laughs> Chantel Fitness, you know? <laughs> um, and I trained her and she lost 35 pounds in one month. Um, that was my first client. And one of the reasons why she lost weight is because I cooked her food for her for free. So Within the first week, she wasn't following her meal plan. And I knew that that was key into her losing the weight as well as the workouts that I was providing her. Um, so I, I told her all she had to do was pay me to buy the food and I'll cook everything. I'll container it for her and I'll even deliver it to her house, which I did with my daughter. Um, so every week I made her food and she lost the weight. So 
it's funny how what I hated about my life, having to cook for my siblings at the age of four, not being able to go outside because I had to stay home and cook and do their homework, it turned around to help me um, in a tough situation. So uh, from posting her transformation, a few others became um, interested and the word got out and before you knew it, I had about five clients. Um, to me, life was set. I was like, ooh, five clients, that's all I need. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, I, I did it. You know, and I, I was like, I'm going to be here forever, training in the stairwells. I loved it. Um, and it's actually really unfortunate that I wasn't able to see past the stairwells. Like, I felt like that's the best that I probably would ever be capable of doing. Um, and I sold myself very short. And I, I believed in this idea that I told myself that this is the best job I'll ever have. And I was so happy. Um, eventually, the stairwells got a little packed because now I had 20 clients, um, I think about a year and a half in. And um, people started hearing about me. The buzz got out. All of a sudden, I open Instagram and, you know, people are making posts about it and um, they're sending me messages, which I've posted on my page. And they were talking about how unsanitary it is, what I'm doing, um, <laughs> the, the stairwell trainer, you know, uh. making fun of me, who trains in a stairwell, like, oh, uh, you know, just a bunch of, they were telling, saying how I'm giving my clients steroids because there's no way they're losing weight in the stairwell, you know, the hood trainer, uh, just, I heard it all. Um, it was very easy for me to stop at that point. And the only reason why I didn't was because my daughter was watching me. She was in the stairwells with me every single day. Um, there were even times, and kids are so smart, there would be times where I'd be like down and I'd be trying to hide it in front of my clients. And uh, she would just jump in and be like, you know, helping them and squatting with them. And it, it would just boost my energy. Um, she would always say, mom, are we going to the gym? Mom, what, don't we have to go downstairs to the gym? And it's because of her why I stopped calling it the stairwells and I started saying, come to my gym. Um, she gave me that little bit of hope and encouragement that, you know what, this isn't that bad of an idea. Um, so eventually I started doing so well with the few clients that I had in their transformations. Somebody called my building and told them that they had tripped on my equipment. Mind you, I didn't have any equipment, but uh, they said that they tripped on my equipment and um, uh, that they were injured. And if my building doesn't do something about it, that they would call the, the, the um, safety and fire and hazard um, inspection people. So uh, my building did give me a warning and told me that I wasn't allowed to be there. But of course, I had no choice. I had to keep going. So I kept doing that. Um, I did eventually start getting enough money to buy weights. So I had eight pound weights, um, but nobody tripped over nothing. Long story short, one day I was training um, somebody and it was about one o'clock in the afternoon and the safety fire um, inspection, inspection people showed up and with the building owner, not even the management, now it's the owner. <laughs> and they were yelling at me in front of my client, what are you doing here? Are you an idiot? Get out of here, like screaming at me at the top of their lungs. And I was surrendering. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I, I picked up my weights and they're like, oh, are these the weights somebody tripped over? I'm like, no, when somebody made that comment, I didn't have equipment. I just got these and no one has ever tripped over my stuff. And they're like, are you stupid? This can cause like, da -da. do you know what would happen? We would get 
written up and go to court just for you, you idiot. Like they were just very, uh, very hard on me. So I went outside of the stairwells. They locked the door um, and I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. Then they put a camera in there that same week. So they were monitoring it. I called my friend that same day. It was about two o'clock and I was crying my eyes and I'm like, what am I going to do now? I was now at this point, I think a month and a half behind my rent. So I had already caught up three and a half months. Um, I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, so we drove around the place and I found somebody who owns an industrial unit to make cabinetry. Um, and they had a storage space about the size of three parking lots. So before I was trading in one parking lot size, this place I found was about the size of three parking lots put together. Um, and I asked him if I could sublet that space just for a little time being um, until I get on my feet and he allowed me to. I was there for seven months um, using that space and my clientele was growing um, and he needed the space back for his own his own um business stuff. So I eventually went out and looked for my own studio. I was scared. I was like, can I own a studio? Like I just caught up on my rent. Um, how much, like $2,000 plus a month. Like how will I be able to do this? I can't do this. You know, um, I saw 16 units before I finally got a yes. So all the other, um, industrial units that I looked for. They were excited to have me, but when I showed up there with my daughter, um, single black female, uh, immediately they were like, oh, we sold it. You know, before I even got to look at all the units. Um, what, the second last guy that turned me down, he was like, I'll be honest with you. The reason why people are turning you down is because trainers don't make money. It's a field that uh, isn't, it's very stagnant. And um, we are single, young, black female. And, you know, your address that you're using is at Jane Finch. So he's like, I'm just going to keep it real with you because I want you to succeed. And I want you to know what the corporate world is really like um, and how much your status actually does affect you. So, you know, he's like, show up with a guy next time. So I did. <laughs> My next unit that I had an interview with, I showed up with a guy. Um, I got the unit. Uh, it, surprisingly, and it was actually in the worst shape of them all. It had mold. It was almost like I was back in the stairwell, <laughs> just a bigger space. Um, I had to completely renovate it and um, gut it out, and that's the studio that I'm at right now. It's in Vaughan. Vaughan is known as one of the wealthiest cities in Toronto. Um, it has the highest rent, <laughs> and um, I opened the doors, and I had... Um, 180 people show up to, yeah show up to my grand opening and I had provided food and stuff for 60 people that's how much I was expecting so when almost 200 people showed up I was like what <laughs> um fortunately since I opened the doors uh my clientele grew I now train celebrities um they fly me out to Miami and LA, wherever. Um, I train them, I come back. Uh, I do virtual training, so, and that has a waiting list. So I train people in other countries, all who are of um, high celebrity status. And then um, right now, I have a, a waiting list of over 500 people on it waiting to get a spot. I've been at full capacity since 
uh, I think it was September of last year. Um, and I, so I have a waiting list, so it'll take about three months. So if you want me to train you right now, the wait time is roughly three months. Um, and then I opened my own meal prep company. So, um, I train my clients, I cook their food and then I transform them. And that's basically what led to the goal cast video. They heard of my story. I actually, um, somebody else heard of my story. I actually, sorry, I didn't know I had a story. I should start there. I had no idea that I had a story. Um, and even when you were introducing me, I was like, who's that? <laughs> you know, because for me, I was just struggling living and trying to get by every single day. And at no point did I even think like I'm building a story or this will motivate somebody. None of that was in my mind. And uh, a lady approached me and told me that I should go on Speaker Slam, which is motivational speakers go there, they tell their story and they get a cash prize. And I was like, well, I'm not a motivational speaker. I've never had any formal training. And she told me everyone who goes on it has formal training, but I should still try. Um, when I heard it was a cash prize, I was like, absolutely. <laughs> you know, because at that time, I was still trying to uh, get up on my feet. I went there. It was 10 of us that uh, told our story. We only had three minutes to tell our story. If you went over three minutes, you're disqualified. I was the second last person to go on stage. So I had to sit there and hear all these phenomenal motivational stories. And then me with no training, all of them have motivational training. They knew how to engage with the audience. Their voices were projected. I stepped on the stage. I was quivering. I was like, Hi, you know, um, so I told my story in three minutes. Um, I ended up winning that competition first place. And I also won the Judge's Choice Award. Uh, Goldcast ended up watching um, and the people who put on that that speaker slam event that I won, they gave Goldcast my video. Goldcast turned it into their motivational video. And that's what has um, 5.7 million views. And since there has just been an amazing journey, I'm now back on my feet. Um, I'm loving life. I love me. I'm no longer insecure. Um, I, I no longer resent my mom or have any animosity towards her. I've let go of that anger so that I'm able to live um, my daughter's doing amazing and I, I'm, my business is flourishing and I'm just incredibly thankful that God, you know, he walked through me. He walked with me on the whole journey. I just didn't realize it. But once I, I started to realize it, um, that's when like all the blessings came and that's where we're at right now. <laughs> um, I got chills uh, several times throughout the, the conversation. I, I want to I want to I'm going to point out a few things and then, you know, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll continue on from there um, just because I'm also a big dot connector. And <laughs> I your story is phenomenal. I just have to I have this Thank I have you. to stop there for just a moment because you are the epitome of showing up no matter what the circumstances are. Um, I appreciate you saying the truth about you know, um, the, the idea of, you know, suicide and not, and of course, you know, we, I think more people than they'd like to admit have been there. I, I, yeah. I completely understand that thinking. Mm -hmm. I'm too stubborn to ever do it, <laughs> <It's probably, laughs> but, but lowest times you, why wouldn't you like it, it, it happens. But, uh, in terms of the, the thinking mode, I mean, um, but, uh, but you're right. Like we, we persevere nonetheless. 
And then um, what was, it was interesting as you're talking about all of these different instances, by the way, when you get to sit third party, like from the person it actually happened to, because I know I'd feel the same way in a lot of ways and I have throughout a lot of things versus the person looking at me and going like, can I connect the dots for you? And you go, yeah, yeah. yeah." And I've learned to actually do it for myself. But it's interesting that what, first of all, the stuff, I didn't realize, you know, what happened with your mother and all this stuff. And whether it was your, the, and I took a bunch of notes while you were talking, whether it was what was happening with your um, your mother or like the um, getting, you know, fired and not giving you a reason. The mother doing the things that she did to you, not giving a reason, you know, yeah. um, your, uh, you know, not getting certain things that you want, not getting a reason. It's yeah. interesting how when you're in the moment, we don't tend to think that we are getting everything we need by not getting the answers or the other things that we're looking for from those situations. And often than not, we're so attached to, I need to understand clarity here. I need to do this. I need to do that. No, you need to let the universe walk your ass right out from way from whatever this thing is and right into what's meant for you. And you, you know, (laughs) you, you kept showing up and, um, you know, by the way, also when you said, you know, I don't know if that makes sense with the binge eating. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've never been a binge eater, but I will tell you, um, I did cause I started a, a healthier relationship with food about four or five years ago, four years ago, learning from a nutritionist. And then it's just been constantly, you know, elevating since then. But I did yeah. learn, I did learn, I did notice that sometimes my lowest or toughest or most stressful times, the first thing I want to do is go right to some of those crazy comfort foods yeah. that I've always had and learning to be like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> like sleep on it bro it's it first yeah. of all don't eat after eight like sleep on it bro like no yeah. like you know we don't eat till 11 tomorrow morning so like let's not yeah. do that you know all that but um but i i get it like because there is an emotional connection there is an emotional tie of like ah oh, that'll relieve me and it's a it's a short-term um fix like everything else that we when we don't yeah. instill the discipline and then you know but the connecting the dots i just i thought it was just interesting even like even so you were getting hated on, first of all, for what you were doing with the um, with the stairwell training. Yeah. I found that fascinating because I'm like, ah, so she's doing something right, and she's doing something different. Yes. And you're, I read an interesting quote the other day where, um, and I know you'll appreciate this because this is what that individual basically was doing, mm-hmm. and um, it was here. I have to. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull this up real quick because I just. I thought it was really interesting. And this is exactly what I feel like was happening to you, mm-hmm. is. Um, and it came from this one woman that jealousy is just a sign that you have met your equal. Um, which means that like not obviously your equal, but what was happening is when people get jealous, they're seeing things that you're making movement and trying no matter what, even out of your circumstances, to make something happen, and it's yeah. causing uncomfortability for them for not doing shit mm-hmm. and so or or not pushing themselves or not handling their because if they did they wouldn't have time to hate on you yeah, <laughs> so <right? laughs> so it makes people uncomfortable and then on top of that let me throw like whatever i can to like make it push it down even more oh look at how this girl is training look at you know what you know what she's doing all this other stuff and for me i all i kept thinking was i actually think that the conditions that you were training people in this may mm-hmm. sound weird, but it, my thought was, wow, think about the grounding you're putting a person into in terms of they're getting this kind of like um, uh, an yeah. environment that is both humbling, but also like, hey, you know, away from the fancy schmancy like gyms yeah. in a lot of ways and being more yeah. like, 
let's talk about what hard work really looks like and yes. in what conditions and like let's have a grounding moment like life in it like first of all think about the reflection that the person can have being like wow okay like you know um yeah you know i have to work for it in these conditions and also like look at what conditions can be i'm so grateful so now mm -hmm. i also get a mindful you know mm -hmm. lesson on top of that so mm -hmm. I looked at it as like, <laughs> you know, you right? You like you're training like it's like the rock training like you know, hey, yeah. no, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna feel good, you know. And so I, so that seeing that connection, at least that's how I started interpreting it right away. And then for them to call in people to call in like tripped on the equipment, tripped on this, like for me the connecting of the dot there was like, oh, okay, the stairwell you outgrew, and it's it. I always have this kind of picture in the, I'm also very spiritual, as you can tell, like an energy. And like, I feel like you got like this council up above. that's like Chantel's done with that, but she's a little yep. attached right now. And if we don't move her out of there, she'll just yes. stay there. And so it's sort of like, <laughs> let's, like. <laughs> right. Let's, let's give her something that's really annoying and disturbing. And, uh, yeah. that she'll just have to be forced to move out because <laughs> I feel like, um, the other side of driven people, right. Being driven and being entrepreneurial and being, um, creative and being a loyalist and being resilient is we will stick through something all yes. the way through to the end, even if the end already happened. Yes. And, oh, and, and that was like, for me, I, I realized like, oh, 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 I better get out of the way. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. So like when it becomes very um resistant, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. The Matt trying to control the situation needs to step back and you're going to do what you're going to do. So, all right, let's do this. Uh, you know, Move me. And it, and it, and learning to move through it without like, now I smile more because I'm like, oh, wow, there must be some really epic stuff coming, you know? Yeah. And it's so, true. And here you are. And and so that's where and, and again, like notice how they they called it in. You were told to leave. You didn't leave. Now the cameras are in there. So it's sort of like, okay, she's not leaving. We're gonna uh, we're gonna up the ante. She's not leaving. Yeah. We're gonna up the ante. And then finally it gets to a point where it's like, yo, you gotta go. You know, yeah, and, right? And I think that that's how um so there's just so many dots when you look back at to like what's really going on versus the 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 way the mind sometimes perceives what's really going on versus the energetic state of what's really going on to move us forward. You deserve every bit of what you have now and more. And my 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 opinion is like you you're so at the beginning of how much more you are about to receive that wow. like um I'm 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 glad I got you when I did <laughs> on the <laughs> podcast. Um because I, I, I strongly I love those moments and um you know, I just I wanted to really give you a lot of pay you just a lot of tribute and homage because it, it, what was interesting is even as you're telling the story, you just like for a person who said that they're not worthy or felt that they were not worthy, which I, I understand that, by the way, level of thinking at times, too. I had to battle some of that at different times for somebody who felt that at times was not worthy uh, or not enough. You kept going. So, yeah. like, it's interesting the parallel <laughs> between not feeling worthy but constantly showing up and figuring it out. It just goes yeah. to show you that like the difference between the mind and the spirit are two totally different, like, Ooh. you know? Yeah. So I just, I had to, I had to give my little, uh, connecting the dots just cause I, I really loved listening to your, your, your run there it was very, it was just, um, it was amazing. And I feel like, um, there was so much going on in that story and you just, you know, from the, I mean, the mother part, like that got me yeah. and that was at the beginning. I was like, Oh my God. Like yeah. you just, you know, and, but you just kept like, all right, so now I have to do this. All right. So now I have to do this. Yeah. All right. So now I have to do this. You just, you, you, but you're right. You made a good point, which was 
when you're going through it, and I, I agree with you, why am I here? Like, what? why is this like, why do these things keep happening? Why is it that no matter how hard I show up and do this work, this then happens. I like, you know, and then you see other people who like, this sounds bad, but we also, once we, once we learn to break judgment and, and uh, comparison, all that other stuff, which mm -hmm. is also a beautiful, um, you know, thing to do. Um, we can look at other people in other situations and easily go, wow, less talent and more hype and more yeah. visibility, yes. more everything. And, yes. and that's a whole other game as well too. Until we learn to be like, now, nah, you know what, like, everybody in its time everybody however like meet people and love them at wherever they're at even if they're hard to love they probably needed the most like let like that everybody's got a soul journey so mm -hmm. you know and so for what's coming for you uh and not surprised and this is the moment that i also hope as an entrepreneur you um you also enjoy the time you learn because i feel and this is a, a revelation i recently had is that we work so hard for so long that we also forget what joy feels like that, oh, we, that we feel guilty. We mm -hmm. feel guilty about having joy. So what do we do? Cause what all we've only been doing is working hard. So we keep working harder. Yeah. And yeah. so I want you, I hope to start enjoying everything mm -hmm. you're doing right now. And now breathing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I've actually been thinking about that and even with my assistant, which is weird that I even have people working for me now, but uh, I told her, I'm like, this summer, this year, moving forward, I just want to enjoy life. You know, I take days off now. Um, I I passed the torch, whereas before I had to do everything. I, I need it done my way. I need to make sure, you know, because I always had that fear of things falling, you know. You never know when you stop getting clients. So I always wanted to have everything in my control, and I now pass off the torch to others and trust that they're doing it right. Of course, keeping an eye, but allowing others to come in and help you so that you can have some time to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so true, you know, because the because you've I, I feel that the journey mm -hmm. which you just went through shows mm -hmm. you why the journey is the most important part. Otherwise, yeah. why would we keep working for like then yeah. where does the joy actually come in? And, you know, it's interesting having there's a guest about two weeks ago on the podcast who he has a three three year waiting list. And he was saying, but it's interesting. He's like trying to balance to make sure that I love what I do. I just don't. Mm -hmm. want to, I just don't want to become a slave to what I do. Yeah. I was like, ooh, hoo, hoo. like you know, it's it's true. I understand you know? that. You know, so mm -hmm. we so now we we learn the next level of our life, which is like, okay, how do we actually also really run this like a business to where it's also life design in, in the middle of all of it as well. You know, mm -hmm. but you're there, and I, and I, so I think it's it's fantastic. Now, um, you know how you you talked a lot uh, in in when we were talking a little bit before and through email and stuff like that about seeing the beauty in everything mm -hmm. have you have you during your training during the training part was it before during or after or all in terms of like starting to see the beauty in everything and and how that also played a role into like your constant resilience um i i started to see the beauty in what i was doing when i won that speaker slam competition um, prior to that, I didn't see anything at all. I just was working and trying not to get kicked out of my apartment. Um, and, you know, I had I had my name on a woman's shelter um, and I was 
going to get a spot soon. And I was just like, no, I got to work and pay my rent. So I, I don't want that women's shelter to call me. So I had like a deadline date. Um, so I was just really hustling and grinding and uh, trying to survive. So um, it wasn't until I did that speaker slam and people taped it, my, my story and when I won, and they put it online and I started watching it. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even understand what I said, that all that was happening. Um, and then I realized, uh, you know, some of the most beautiful things uh, are disguised in dirt or disguised as a stairwell. Um, the stairwell is set the platform for what could be a multi-billion dollar company. Um, and you have to be humble enough. Um, you have to put away your pride and your ego and be able to downgrade in order to upgrade. Um, and I did that out of survival. But uh, now that I look back, I, I, for me, I always say the stairwells is my gem in the rough. You know, diamonds are made under pressure. Coal, diamonds are a lump of coal made under pressure. And for me, that's what the stairwell is, you know. And I think a lot of us have those diamond in our roughs, but we look at it and we're like, mm, no, you know, I'm not going to do that. People are going to make fun of me. Like, you know, other trainers aren't training in a stairwell. They're in a nice gym at Good Life or whatever prestigious gym or they own their own. How am I going to go in a stairwell and, you know, compete with them? And I think a lot of times, too, we're always looking at what other people are doing um, and then we don't want to you know, downgrade ourselves because in comparison to everyone else, that's, you know, that's silly or that's dumb. Um, so we rather shy away from it. But if you just use the resources available to you, as long as you believe in your craft, like I believed I was a transformation specialist and no one could tell me different. Uh, when you believe it and you speak it, other people will receive it. I, I could lie right now and say, I am the chairman of blah, blah, blah. And however I say it to somebody, if, I'm, if, I, if I say it like I believe it, they will believe me. So, you know, I told myself I'm a certified trainer. I wasn't at first. I did not have my certification at that time. Um, but I told everyone I was a certified trainer. I told everyone that, you know, I can help you. Um, and I just believed in everything I was doing. And that allowed other people to believe in me. And then I called this place a gym. So my clients would show up. And I'd hear them on the phone and they're like, hey, I got to call you back. I'm at the gym, you know. But at first they would say, hey, let me call you back. I'm with the stairwell girl or the stairwell trainer. Like that's how they were referring to me. And I made it OK until I shifted and I was like, I'm your trainer and this is a gym. Then they'd be like, hey, I'm at the gym. Let me call you back. So it's like you have to speak it into existence um, and, and the, the world will receive it as long as you deliver it. Like, you know, you believe in what you're doing and then like. I feel like we're all ordained. Um, doesn't matter what religion or faith you believe in. I just feel like there's a purpose on every single person created, a purpose. You know, I don't feel like anybody was created without a purpose. Um, it's just that sometimes we turn away from our purpose because it doesn't look like gold initially, you know. Um, and for me, I've been an athlete my whole life. I've been cooking my whole life and, you know, I ignored it. And, you know, I have my securities license to do financial um, fund, mutual funds and all that. Um, that's the route that I was trying to pursue. 
but I've always been an athlete. I've always been into like fitness and that sort of thing. That's been my calling from the day I, I can remember, but I ignored it. And, it, you know, it's almost like God forced me to accept my calling in my situation. Um, he got me fired. And, you know, I opened up a page still not for fitness, but God had people inquiring about fitness, trying to open up the light bulb for me. And I ignored it. I shut them down. And then uh, nobody would hire me. I, I was putting out my resume for, like, you know, accounting type stuff, um, receptionist. I even went to, like, um, McDonald's and Shoppers Drug Mart. I was either overqualified or underqualified. Um, and God still was like, you're not listening, you know. Um, then I went in the stairwells, and this magical idea just came in my head. And at that time, I wasn't trying to be, a, a, like, a personal trainer. So it's just weird that I even thought that way. Um and then it got to the point where, like like you said, which like gave me chills, it was like it was time for me to elevate and I wasn't listening. And, you know, he already sent somebody to let me know, hey, you need to go. And I ignored it and kept going. So he stepped up the antics, you know, forced me out there. And then even when I went to that second place, it was still very tiny. Um, three parking lots space was about the size of it, you know? And again, God was like, this is, no, you're not listening, <laughs> you know? And I was only there um, for a very short period of time before I'm at my studio now. This studio is about 2,300 square feet studio, which is many parking spots put together, you know? And uh, so I just feel like there's always um, beauty and many roughs, but it's like, we're not willing to go through the rough and something that, um, my mentor taught me, she was like, uh, you know, the Bible says God will walk you through the fire. Yep. But it didn't say that you will be burned and your skin will hurt and you'll be hot and you'll be sweating. So it's like, you know, a lot of people are walking through the fire and you may be walking through faith or, or you know, hoping that something happens. But the second you get burned, you stop. The second you start to sweat, you stop. You know, um, and it's like God's walking with you to make sure you get through the fire, but you have to endure the pain that's going to come through walking through the fire. But as soon as you get to the other end, all your blessings are going to come because you made it. So it's like sometimes you have to like drop the ego and stop comparing yourself to what other people are doing, like you said, and see the beauty in what you have and then make it your own. And then, you know, sky's the limit if you do that. It's so it's so true. It's so it, it's it's funny because, you, you know, I like the conversation because we bring context to, you know, the the and it's always been kind of my, my, my rule with even with HDF magazine is like, let's bring context because like, I love quotes, but the, but it's like people say them and you're like, do you want to talk a little bit further about what that actually means? Or you're like, oh, you know, your entire life is on the other side of fear. You're like, thanks. You know what I'm Whatever saying? That means. Right. But but once you bring context of like, you're right, where, you know, when people say, oh, well, you know, if you stop at the first, uh, you know, first instance, you feel something like you'll never get to where you're going. It's like, well, hold up. Let's let's talk about like what the burn feels like, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. and it and it's and it's true that it's it's not like the burn is a burn because you're taking we, we take it literal and we perceive it to be a signal for stopping mm -hmm. when in actuality it's a signal things are working working yes and it's so i mean the mindset is so 
you know, it, it needs to be conquered because it, um, you know, when the fear body kicks in, mm-hmm. it totally distorts the picture on yeah. purpose and versus the like, no, 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 no. Like stick it through. I, yeah. I need this puzzle piece to play for this puzzle piece over here. Just just like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're like, I'm not a motivational speaker. Yeah. Uh, well, 5.75.8 million views later, you know, yeah. and, 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 and here's my whole take on the whole motivational speaker thing, too, because I love being motivational. I do also love being about the work um, that goes into anything, not, you know, I, hustle, even though I use the word hustle, hustle is really more about doing the work for anything in your life. But um, I, I motivational sort of like you know how you like gotta be a certified speaker and you gotta be this and you gotta be that no you don't actually and, and i'll i'll and i take nothing away from the people who do all of the, the the landmark and all of the the trainings and all of the coursework and all of the other stuff people are like oh where'd you get your training i'm like it's called life yes. i got my training from life <laughs> i found most of my voice i'm still constantly working on more of my voice and i'm willing to share it with the world and yes. if your group of people over there that don't want me because I'm not a certified motivational speaker. These million people over here that I get to interact with daily, you know what? They actually don't mind. So I'm cool. Like, cause I got my tribe and, um, I just, I think that it's just about having a voice, having and knowing your voice and then sharing your, sharing that with the world and sharing who you are with the world in its, um, its whole, it's an entirety. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, and, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate how you kind of, you took fear and you're really like, you know, F you, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, and, yeah. and, and I just, um, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's been phenomenal. Okay. So here's something, um, when it comes to, because we're, as long as we're living and breathing, there will always be risks to take lessons to learn and new new paths to cross like so now given everything that you've been through and seeing the fruits of your you know your labor how now do you look at risk and taking risk now i mean i mean i'm sure obviously because you're there's always like bigger and bigger bigger risks Mm -hmm. but like do you have a different like mindset about it in general are you almost kind of like oh let's just do this (laughs) um i i I'm more like, let's do it, but I, I tend to get very scared, but I'll still do it. Um, I have a big fear of losing everything and being mm. broke again, because that was such a scary place. So I will overwork and I'll make sure that, da, 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 you know, and I'm just always running on overdrive. Um, I've recently scaled back once I realized that I have a new fear that's holding me back. Um, and that's why I've kind of passed the torch off to my assistants and everyone else who works for me. Um, and now I'm not as scared. Of course, a little piece of me gets a little nervous, but I'm more like, let's do it. Um, when celebrities first started reaching out to me, that was another big fear because I started questioning my capabilities, even though I know what I'm doing and I've, transform thousands of people um i all of a sudden a celebrity calls me and i'm like uh the the and they're asking me questions i'm like uh you know i don't know how to answer it um but i i've let go of that as well and uh i stopped looking at people as like superior or like 
you know, holier than thou kind of thing and just started looking at everybody as people. We're all people, whether we're high profile or yeah. not. Um, and that's why my slogan is because I care. Like, I care about everybody, whether you're a celebrity or not. Um, and I won't treat you like you're a celebrity either. Like, I yell at them. And, you know, uh, I, I will not call them by their celebrity name. I call them by their government name. Um, and I don't know. I just I, I'm going to be opening a restaurant very soon. And that was scary. Uh, but then I just reminded myself of how scared I was when I went in the stairwells and then when I went in the other unit and then when I came here, you know. So I think I use my walks of life to uh, to remind me when I do get scared. But for the most part, I just blast off. Like as opportunities come, I take it and I go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, first of all, you're right. So celebrities I, here's how I always look at celebrities, and, and um, even when they and when they come on the show too. First of all, we're all celebrities. Let's just let's just yeah. in, in the world that we operate in, the different things that we all do. Yes. Known or unknown, if you are in your thing, doing your thing, you're a celebrity. Just maybe not as well known yet. And when I look at celebrities, and I and I tell people this all the time, I'm like, look, all it is is that whatever talent that they had, for whatever reason, is now physically, uh, physically visible. Like you, yeah. you, so the different, cause I've had people who, you know, even when they said, well, you know, I'm starting a podcast, I'm not where you're at or Gary Vee and all this stuff. I'm like, whoa, 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 first of all, like, yeah, what does that matter? And they go, well, you know, just in terms of numbers, I'm like, you're already in the, you're already in there playing. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, the difference between you and like a Gary Vee is time. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Like, it's just that his is just known. You're mm -hmm. just not known, but like yeah. you're playing and you're doing it and that's all that really meant. Like, so it's, it, so celebrities. And then the other thing too, is they're just human beings. So yeah. you remove, so outside of their talent, they're dealing with relationship issues, health issues, uh, financial yeah. issues, family issues, trauma, spiritual issues, energy issues, like uh. everything, <laughs> everything. They're just more, uh, physically visible, right. Yeah. To the world. So, um, I like that you said, no, like I'm going to call you by your government name and this is how it's going to go down. And, yeah. and, and you're right. Um, being heart centered, I realized that's what kind of saved me because sometimes, you know, when these really well to do, you know, uh, individuals or brands are like, hey, here's what, you know, we want to explore with you. Mm -hmm. It's so easy, uh, especially since I love business and I love helping. Um, yeah. It's so easy to, you know, almost kind of want to be like, uh, you know, either prove yourself overdue, do, you know, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, well, can I do it all and all this other stuff? And then it's like, but when you fall back into like love, because like you said, because I care when you fall back into love and you're like, you know what, I, I want to help and to the best capabilities yeah. that I can. I actually have what you need. Yeah, no doubt. No problem. Uh, I just want to make sure that, you know, we're aligned right and that, um, you know, uh, we we both get the benefit out of working with each other and yeah. and appreciate the time that we spend with each other. And like when you approach from that standpoint, it's like, and I think that people like appreciate that even more, especially in the world that we live in, right? Because like you taking the time to be a certain way to these celebrities when like, I'm sure it's so easily they can contact somebody in LA who's like the uh, celebrity trainer already who's, yeah, you know, got a different yeah. vibe and yeah. and is is Hollywood. Whereas you're just like, yo, I just want to work you and I'm going to work you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, are we cool? They're like, yeah, cool. Now you need yeah. to drop and give me 20 and this is how it's going to go down. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they're, they're probably like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, what, what happened to nice Chantel? You're like, oh, now you get, you know, yeah. trainer Chantel. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. you wanted results. Let's let's talk results. Now, I 
I, again, I, I think it's fantastic, uh, you know, what you're doing and your journey in general. And, um, and then, at, you know, the waiting lists, um, not surprised and the, with, with gold cast, um, and here's, here's, here's what I love about the gold cast situation and you being on the show. Yeah. You didn't ask for gold cast. You didn't ask to be on the show. I always go after people who didn't look for either, uh, or didn't look for like the necessarily the press. I mean, they, obviously it's a necessary thing when you're, you're expanding, but at the same time, I love the fact that you weren't looking for it and that's, it just makes the story and the, the content even more um, because there's so many people out there like, Oh, I got to get on Goldcast or I got to get on the podcast. or I got to do this to, you know, to drive more awareness to me, 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 me. And it's like, you, you don't have to, you'd be surprised at how much you attract simply by doing the work that you're doing and for who you're doing it for and living your story, the story that you didn't think you had, which by the way, dust <laughs> dust most people's stories i was like man <laughs> i only had your bio i didn't even have the 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 mom years and all this other stuff uh yeah. so um i i just i think it's it, it just lends to um your character and and i also thank you for sharing that uh that you're right um we get to certain areas where oh now like i work so hard to get here I don't want to lose what I, you know, um, what I accomplished. I will tell you, it's interesting. It's an interesting um, cycle that I've actually had to break through several times um, because that work, whew, like you, right? Because what happens is we think back to the work and you're like, oh man, like I went through hell. Like, you know, I, <laughs> you know, or, or um, I remember in surrendering moments, it was funny. Somebody asked me, they're like, oh, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm more of a spiritual person than, than religion. I don't really bring in religion much. But like um, mm -hmm. somebody asked me, they're like, oh, you know, talk to God, talk to the universe, talk to, you know, source. And, mm -hmm. and I said, you know, it's interesting. Whenever I seem to ask, you know, I remember a couple of different times, like it was so brutal. Like I got the help immediately. And they're like, oh, that's wonderful. I'm like, yeah, but it was so brutal. <laughs> it was so yeah. hurtful. And they're like, sometimes I forget to ask. And they're like, well, first of all, A, be more intentional. Um, because you, you can't, but like play with God, play with source, like play, you know, have, have a go deeper and, and have like a, a relationship and a connection in the way you talk, um, et, et cetera. Um, because you realize how much of the work that you went through was like, man, like, but I don't, cause I learned like, we can actually have it with ease. It doesn't, I think sometimes we go through so much shit that we think that it only has to be that way to accomplish what we want. And it doesn't, and it doesn't. And that's where I'm at. Uh, and it had, had been, you know, working on for quite some time of like, no, like you don't actually have to go back. You've already elevated from that, but you do have to move forward and let go of any attachments along the way as well too. And just know that we're just a conduit. The money is just, and, and the more money, the more impact and God bless welcome millions of it more in to pay out millions more to people and, and the, and the purpose and the mission. And just like, let us just be the conduit that does what we do while we're here, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. but I, you I, said that perfectly. <laughs> I, I, well, and I appreciate you sharing that because I, cause that's, that's a real thing. And that's actually not talked about that much. Yeah. The, you know, because the, because <laughs> we know what, we know what hell is like, yeah, <laughs> right? like, well, I just did that for so many years. Yeah. So like, you know, I know what I just came from and I'm not going back, but you're, you're not actually in general. You, 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 you can't, you're, you're a whole different person and with a whole different level of play now that like, and a whole different network and a whole different set of principle well not principles but like um uh surrounding environments and it's and and you've let down your guard you've grown even more in your character and into your soul so it's like it's easier now to easily like if if things need to shift with the business you'd be like oh hey um so i this is kind of going on i need your help how do i do from this to that next and work on the vision 
And, yeah. you know, suddenly it's like, oh, here's how you do that, Chantel. You're like, oh, cool. Like, because you, you already know what humility and humbleness is. Like, you know how to, like, move from the thing to the next, the next. Literally, step by step, as I said <laughs> in the outline, I was like, <laughs> you really yeah. took things one step at a time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing what you've done. Um, what do you have? Like, so you've got a couple of things come up. you got the sweat, sweat belt line, right? You've got yeah. the meal prep. You've got some other things, I think, coming up. Do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Uh, like, what do you want to share with everybody so they can find out more about you or, you know, find out more about your products, services, and then also, of course, connect with you online? Okay. Thanks for asking. Um, so I started my own sweat belt line. Uh, it's been going phenomenal. It uh, makes your midsection sweat. So you lose a lot of water weight for women. Uh, you lose a lot of bloat. Um, it keeps you nice and tight as well. So it supports your back when you're performing exercises um, and even makes you look cute in your little exor- um, your little outfits. Uh, it tucks in all the fat, the rolls and that sort of thing while you're working out. So I came up with that. Um, and actually, the reason why I even came up with stuff Again, it was that fear thing. So I was so scared um, before of falling back into um, that dreadful place where I'm broken, about to be evicted. So I was like, you know, what if I get injured? Like, I had to learn what residual income is because I don't have that background. Um, And so... I was like, okay, if something happens to me or let's say my clientele goes down, you know, I need another form of income. Um, And that actually goes to the gentleman you told me about who was on your podcast, um, who opened up a restaurant and, Mm -hmm. you know, started selling stuff. But uh, so I was like, okay, well, people are working out with me. And every time they walk in, they're walking in with like saran wrap on their bellies and they're walking in with like other products and complaining it's not working. So I did my research and that's how I started. Uh, the Dubois belt. Um, but then I realized, you know, clients are coming in with water bottles from the dollar store. So I started my own water bottle line um, and I sell that overseas and that's going really well. Um, and then, so <laughs> I would be at the club sometimes and girls would come up to me and they're like, oh my God, Chantel Dubois, look. And they would lift up their shirt or in the washroom, <laughs> they'll, they'll pull up their dress and they're wearing my belt under their dress. So I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> because it tucks them in and it hides all the fat. So then I, I came up with an undergarment that you wear. It's called the Dubois Shaper. Um, and you wear this under your dress. So there's the the Dubois belt that you wear when you work out. And then there's the Dubois shaper that you wear when you go out. Um, and it's seamless. So you can wear it under the dress and no one knows that you're wearing it. Um, and then I started a charity as well. Um, it's uh, I send barrels of school supplies to basic schools in Jamaica. So basically, um, there's a lot of kids who are homeless in Jamaica. And that's going back to me almost being homeless. Um, And it was important to me that uh, one of the big things I always preach about is never forgetting where you came from. So being from Jane and Finch and my background is Jamaican. Um, So every year for the last three years, uh, three different periods of the year, so three different times, I send down barrels full of school supplies to basic schools. So what basic schools are is... uh, uh, basically, like somebody in the community w- was took a bunch of kids and made a school. So it's, it's not like what we call, call a school here. A lot of the times they don't have chairs, so they sit on the floor. They don't have a chalkboard. They don't have a pen. 
um, that sort of thing. They don't even have a roof over the building. It's just like a scrapyard type of looking building. So um, me and my friend, we started it. So I sent down six barrels. We have 18 schools that we um, send barrels to, and each school gets a minimum of six barrels. I just sent one uh, last week, and my partner is down there, so we went Instagram Live and we sh- we uh, showed it. Um, so that particular school is called New Horizon. It's in St. Catharines, and we sent them like so. They got a chalkboard. They have desks and chairs now. Um, we also send down water tanks. So in Jamaica, the water um, stops working for days upon days, so you need a water tank like a backup supply. So we sent down water tanks. Um, and then I send down uh, bus money for the kids to be able to get to school. Um, and then, like, their basic needs, soap, soap um, food, like canned foods that won't expire, um, books, pencils, backpacks, socks, uh, underwear, and uniforms, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so I just sent six barrels to this school. Um, it's three years in the making. And for me, like, when I went Instagram Live, I got emotional and broke down on camera because, like, I just see so much of myself in them. Although, you know, they're they're explaining and you can see their situation is a lot uh, harder out there. But just to know that you're a child or you're a single mother and, you know, you live in a house that doesn't have a roof and you're trying to give your kids education and you can't even afford to put them on a bus for a dollar to go to school. Um, and even when you do send them to school, they don't even have food for lunch. And, you know, how can a child learn if you're hungry? You know, all you're thinking about is the hunger in your stomach. You can't focus properly. And then the the kind women who in the community sacrificing their time for free to teach kids and they don't even have a chalkboard, they don't have a, a paper, they don't have pen, you know, to supply the kids. So I became passionate about that and it's been three years now. Um, that's my biggest love right now is helping that out. Um, my book is ready. I, I, I just, it's on its second stream of um, editing right now. Um, I already have 80 people's money for the book. So um, people just started pre-ordering the book before it came out. Um, really excited about that. Um, and yeah, that's about it right now. <laughs> that's amazing. That's about it right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, um, but it's, there's so much connectedness between your um your passion for people and then now also in the giving back like it's all very connected for you um and again like that's that's what I'm, that's what i'm talking about like that's why in a way you know even the the fear sometimes that that can creep in about um you know going back to where you came from like y- you can't because you've already activated cool. the um the, the the talents and the um and the purpose and so like m- and the the more you're giving, the more that's spiraling in. It it, it has no choice but to come in. Yeah. And so it's cool. And then and then what do you do? Charity. And it goes right back out and you're and you're you're involving yourself in matters even far greater than you. Yeah. And that has exponential uh impact as well too. So it's it's awesome. You're awesome. You're <laughs> where, where can people find that, find you online so they can connect with you and like DM you and all that stuff? Yeah. So my Instagram is Chantel Dubois. It's S-H-O-N-T-E-L-L-E underscore D as in David, U, B as in Bob, O-I-S. Um, 
So Chantel underscore Dubois. And that's my name on Facebook as well. Um, and my website, ChantelDubois.ca. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. I um, yeah, I remember you know the moment like I it was it was from from the video of Goldcast to direct messaging you was about from the time that the the video ended probably about like three point five seconds. <laughs> that's how that's how fast. And you were patient with me because you're like, hey, like uh, I'm still interested. Are you are you around? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, just uh life life family stuff. But um, yeah. but it was but it was but yeah, uh, it was just incredible and um. Uh, and I, I was just glad that, you know, to, to connect with you and be able to have you come on the show and tell, uh, tell more about, you know, the background and, and also give you that, like, and we're going on about an hour and 20, so you were close to the longest episode, not yet. Um, but, um, but I, I just, I, I think it's just phenomenal because you're also very relatable. And I, I, I think that's so important for an audience to hear like, okay, First of all, I have no excuses now. <laughs> so, you know, literally, the, anybody listening is like, yeah, I'm going to uh, have to check myself this evening. Um, but then also, like, you're, 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 like how I feel about what I try to achieve, just being amongst the people, a person of the people, for the people, building with people, building to, create, to lift up other people. Um, and I, I feel that that kind of connectedness, like, that has, that's infinite. Mm-hmm. So, like that's why I said at the I beginning. You're also say, Matt, um, and I'm not just saying this because usually you have to thank the people who brought you on, but uh, your show is amazing. I've done a few podcasts now um, and live interviews, and this for the first time did not feel like an interview. Um, I felt great about sharing my story. Um, you have like a calmness and a welcoming type of spirit about you that makes it very easy to talk to a stranger about something so personal. Um, and like the feedback you gave me was like, I, I took notes. Jealousy is, is just a sign that <laughs> you met your equal. I've been taking notes too, you know, and you, um, are, are instilling so much good qualities and good facts into like the people that you're talking to, you know, I'm learning as I'm speaking. And then, um, it says a lot about your character to be so unselfish to create a platform to, um, bring awareness to other people's struggles and triumphs and use that to help your listeners know that they can do it and encourage them. So I, I want to more give kudos to you, um, and your platform, because even when you hit me up, I was like, I did my research. Then I had my assistant do your, her research. And I was like, wow, he's really good. I listened to some of your other podcasts and it just felt like home. I felt like I was talking to mm. my friend or I was listening to my friend or, you know, and, and it feels like you actually care. Like, it doesn't feel like you're trying to get my story and get it out before everyone else, or you're trying your best to create the best platform. So, you know, compared to your other, um, like competitors or whatever, it felt like you actually have a platform and you want to bring people's stories out to help motivate your audience. And, you know, it's like paying it forward in a sense, you know? So I want to more thank you for having me on the show and reaching out to me to bring me on. (laughs) You know, I thank you. I I truly uh, humbly receive that uh, a lot. And, um, you know, I, I think, no, I know it's it's important, first of all, as 
people who come on the show were conscious creators just having a, a talk about real life with each other and having that space to do so because I feel that that then energetically expands into everybody listening and being like, hey, like we're no different than you. We're just yeah. in different phases. And, um, you know, where we get tripped up, some of the listeners might be like, oh, that part's easy for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I oh, like they, they get tripped up there. Oh, that's cool. And so I feel like it also connects more people. And then, you know, I it's funny because in the beginning um, I fought not doing a podcast, but the audience kept asking. People kept asking. I literally had the resources that were like, hey, you want to use our studio? Like, when are you going to do a podcast? I'm like, I'm not doing yeah. a podcast. And then finally, <laughs> one day I walked in. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a podcast. You know, yeah. <laughs> And they're like, all right, let's do this. And um, yeah. and I, I, you know, the thing is, because I didn't want to be, I think it's fine. I think you have a theme for everything out there. And I think it's it's warranted to have a theme for all kinds of different, you know, tribes and communities and all that other stuff. I just knew that I didn't want, I, what I saw is that you saw a lot of, um, a lot of the marketers, they all kind of bring each other and all these different people, what they all do is they all bring each other on each other's podcasts. So they're all kind of like the same, but they all then help grow each other's, uh, following their social, their, their email yeah. list, their, their everything like numbers, numbers, numbers. And yeah. I was like, nah, 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 nah. I was like, I'm going to go a whole different route. And I want very, like, I want people across industry that are just, you know, like willing to just go all in and talk about the realities of, you know, what they truly believe in and what they're building. And then that has a ripple effect. And it's cool because when, when I share with my community, your story, and you share with your community, this podcast, like the, the same thing we both share, we now yeah. like co-join each other's yeah. like people like, yeah, like, uh, and you'll yeah. see, you'll see, like, I'll have people who will run to your page um, <laughs> that are like, that are like from my tribe, like, Hey, Chantel, like, yeah, I heard the episode. Oh, you're awesome. Thank you so much. You know, cause that are, like they, and then and then vice versa like literally i have yeah. people hit me up they're like hey you know i'm i've been following uh chantelle for so long dig the podcast you know you you start yeah, to you start to sure. bring the world together more i think uh mm -hmm. in a different in a different capacity so, yeah. long game <laughs> very gary i love gary v long game long game long game but more importantly yeah. uh just you know um having the these kind of conversations i think are, are also very therapeutic for us and for others so yeah, yeah cool 100 <laughs> awesome i appreciate having you on now the other thing too is just to let you know it is a journey driven podcast so mm -hmm. um i always tell our guests like whether it's six months from now a year from now whatever you want to come back on you want to talk about another theme um yeah. now that the audience knows you we can like go all in and just like on a theme etc um you're yeah. more than welcome to because obviously we know even like five days from now or 30 yeah, 30 days from now it's like yeah something a yeah, whole life can change so you're more than welcome to come back on anytime um, and, uh, you know, this will be up, uh, probably on Monday. Uh, and oh. so everybody will hear it, uh, worldwide. And, um, you know, I appreciate you being on and thank you so much for sharing your story and, and your whole background was phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you for receiving it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Sit tight. I'll, I'll connect with you here offline in a second, but uh, okay. for, for everybody listening, really appreciate you guys. Um, make sure you check out it's Chantel S H O N T E L L E underscore Dubois D as in dog U B as in boy. O I is an igloo S is in Sam Chantel underscore Dubois on Instagram. She's on it when it comes to messaging with people and, um, she's just doing phenomenal things. Uh, uh you heard it here first. No, um, <laughs> she's, she's uh, there. That's the shameless plug that you were talking yeah. about. That's the shameless. but no, but more importantly, I'm glad I got you, you know, because I, I, I sense even the busyness even more so coming. And, uh, so I'm glad, you know, for you to, to respectfully give me that time. Uh, and you know, guys, um, everybody listening, it's, 
everybody goes through fear states, as I mentioned way back at the beginning. And um, it's only controlling us if we let it. And I find that by movement and and like just trying new things and moving out of that that um, sitting pose of letting like downloading any kind of fear and moving into some sort of a movement somewhere, making something happen will also distract your mindset away from, you know, having the time to think about the fears. So, you know, try that as well. Uh, as you know, you saw Chantel just kept moving. That was the whole point. It was like, this isn't working here and either I'm moving or I'm being moved. And that's how you either have to move or you have to receive the help of you being moved out of your current situation and, um, and into, you know, into more of your greater purpose and allow that. And the more you allow that, the more things will kind of flow that way. So, Appreciate all of you listening. As always, please, um, you know, hit us up. If you have any questions, you can contact Chantel uh, and also ChantelDubois.ca if you go to her website um, and her programs and whatnot. Uh, And you guys know I always answer your messages if I can. So hit me up and uh, appreciate all of you guys for the hustle sold separately. We are out.